four, you know, the Lord rewards us for the good things we do. He's going to punish us for the bad things we do. When we talk about Enoch, Enoch had the testimony that he was pleasing to God. And he was translated, he didn't see death. Because he was pleasing to God. Talk about being pleasing to God. And the one thing we can do to be pleasing to God is watch what we say. Yes. You know, there's times, you know, when we don't need to say things. Yeah. When we really want to say things. Like, you know, when our parents ask us to take a trash out. Yeah. You know, or our brother punches us in the face or says something, you know. There's times when we can just not say it. Right. And, you know, yeah. we keep our mouth. We talk to the verse in Psalms, you know, I, I can't remember. He's talking about I'm prepared not to speak. He's telling himself, I'm not going to say things when around the people I don't like. Yeah. That's right. So we can prepare ourselves. We can be, you know, do the good things, yeah. pleasing the Lord. And one yeah. day we can escape death, the second death. We might be able to escape the first one. We can escape the second one. We're pleasing the Lord. So we're going to sing, was it love is the flag flown high? Okay? Everybody stand up. You ready? We're going to sing. We're, we're praising the Lord now, okay? Yeah. All yeah. right. We're going to sing. Love is the flag flown high from the castle of my heart. From the castle of my heart. From the castle of my heart. song this morning. I would greatly appreciate it. And um, let's make sure here. Yeah, we got it going. All right. Uh, Brother Caleb, again, if you'll come and receive our morning tithe and offering. Do appreciate all of you being here with us this morning. We're missing some. Uh, this cooler weather is bringing more sickness. And so, uh, Lord willing, tomorrow I probably will repost the uh, the warnings and the different things we're trying to do as far as if you have sickness or something like that. And so if you would help us with that, I know it may seem aggravating, but uh, it's important for us right now. They are saying that the, the uh, virus is supposed to be getting up higher. Uh, and I hear some people say they don't hardly know how it can get up much higher than it is here in Bullock County. But still... Uh, we don't want to have an issue here. And so I uh, do appreciate y'all, and I thank you for, for all that you've been doing as far as trying to keep everything protected. All right. Brother uh Caleb. Lord, we stop the we have to be in prayer. Pray bless us all. Amen. Amen. So let's get in and worship the Lord here this morning. I thank the Lord for all He's done for me. I thank the Lord that I'm saved. Yes. You know, sometimes the devil will come to us, you know, and he'll try to try to show us things and try to do like what Brother Robert was talking about and make us think that we can just pluralize everything. You know, we can we can have the best of both worlds. We can do this and we can have God. 
But you know, when God saves us, He saves us from our sins. That's right. He separates us, you know. Us out. And, uh, he, and then He sanctifies us. Right. He separates us. He yeah. cleanses us and then separates us for what He wants us to do. And I'm glad yeah. I'm thankful for all the Lord did yesterday, Brother Todd. I'm sure you'll talk about it later. But uh, I'm just thankful that the Lord is, is just helping us, you know. And I, 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 I want to do more for Him, but I want to see Him do more you know, through us, and I, I just thank the Lord for all He's done. Yes.
also the bride of Christ. That's right. If I can say it this way, it says that his heart that safely trusts in her. Yes. And it says that she shall have, or that, that he shall have no need of spoil. That's and I right. Thought, Brother Jeff, that means that, that I'll have no need that somebody's going to come in and take my wife and this, that, that. That's not what I was talking about. I, he shall have no need to look for another. That's right. Some, somewhere else. That's somebody right. Else right. That, that he needs to find more satisfaction. Yeah. And that's the same way it is with Christ. That if you find him, uh, you'll yes. have no need of support. That's right. You empty yourself completely. I mean, completely. You know, yes. you know I've, I've emptied myself. I, I, I've given everything to God. But except that one little stain, That's that right. one little wrinkle, That's I feel the Holy Ghost. That one little oh. thing inside. And you say, that is nothing. That has no significance whatsoever. That would never keep me out of hell. But that one little thing is yes. from the satisfaction that is in Christ. That's right. That one thing. One thing. That one spot, one that one wrinkle, she shall have no need of spoil. That's right. The one who her soul loves. No need. Will you say that second verse? Yes. church. You ever heard that? Yeah. I've heard that quite a bit. Sometimes I've asked people, I said, uh, so are you saved? They said, well, I'm a member of such and such a church. 
That's not what I asked. I asked, are you saved? And so there's a big difference between being saved and being a member. You can join the Kiwanis Club. That doesn't save you. Not that the Kiwanis Club does things. I, I don't know all that they do, but I know that they've helped our ministry. Uh, you could join the, um, the Boy Scouts or the Cub Scouts or something like that. You know, I, That don't save you. What saves you is when you give your heart and your life. You know, we say it all the time, but do we really recognize what we're talking about? We give Him our all. Our all. So if you have your Bibles here this morning, I'm going to get right on into the Word. And I want you, if you would, to turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Brother Robert Lutz is not here this morning. I know he loves Matthew. But anyway, I didn't pick it for him. But... uh. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, and if you would drop down to uh, verse uh, 43, I want to preach from these two verses, and not just these, but the, the topic of these two verses. It's very important for us right here this day. Do you have it? Yeah. All right, verse 43. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word is not hard to understand. It's hard sometimes to do, Lord, but Lord, it is not hard to understand. I thank you, Lord, that you came to clarify your word and who you are and what you are. And I thank you, Lord, that by your grace, we can accomplish everything you've asked us to do. Come by here this morning. And Lord, here I pour myself out unto you. I know that I'm nothing. And I know that I'm the, the least of the brethren. But Lord, I pray move and speak through us here this morning and speak to your people oh god this message that you burned upon my heart and and apparently other hearts here this morning and help us lord to draw closer to you and to be that witness to be that reflection of your saving grace and of your perfect love toward others we pray in jesus name and everyone said amen, amen. America, seemingly, is on the brink of civil war. We have chaos dominating throughout our country from the radio shows to debates to protests to Congress and even in our churches. <laughs> Hatred, segregation in races, segregation in beliefs, politics, Trust in the news or lack of trust in the news, entertainment, sickness. The list just goes on and on and on of the problems we're facing right now. And in this land of the free and the home of the brave, freedom has been redefined as the allowance to live, act, and say whatever you want to say 
no matter if it's true or a lie, and no matter if it will harm someone else or not. Am I preaching it right? Freedom has become a religion here in America. And many in America don't understand that we are not free, but we we have liberty. And there is a difference between freedom and liberty. Uh, In America, we have what is called civil liberty, which is is by Webster's, which is the liberty of men in a state of society or natural liberty, so far only abridged and restrained as is necessary and expedient for the safety and interest of the society the state, and the nation. In other words, that liberty is to help keep these things, the safety and interest of our society, our state, and our nation. A restraint of natural liberty, not necessary or expedient for the public, is tyranny or oppression. Civil liberty is an exemption from the arbitrary will of others, which exemption is secured by the establishment of laws which restrain every man from injury or controlling of another. Logan, do you understand any of that? Okay, I hope so. I didn't want it. This is Webster's Dictionary that I'm reading here. But basically what it means is that the laws are here to protect you and to protect others. And these laws give us liberty. Uh, I've mentioned it throughout the years that uh, Brother James Dobson, who was a, a Christian psychologist, he did a lot of experiments and did a lot of studies and all that. And they did a study on children on playgrounds. And... The playground, there were some playgrounds that they would let them out and they didn't have a fence. They were allowed to go everywhere they wanted to. But these young children had a tendency to bunch up around in groups only in certain areas and generally close to safety or close to where they could run to or hide from something that might come around. And then they studied the uh, children who were... Uh, their playgrounds had a fence around it. They found out that those children that had a fence around it, they covered every square inch of that property. You know why? There was a boundary. And there was a fence. And it gave them the feeling of security. Our laws of the land, basically that's what they are. And so... Going on back to me now, uh, my preaching. Over the last 12 years, our disdain and hatred in America has grown and grown till we are willing to cut off our nose to spite our face. For some of y'all that may not know that meaning, that means that you don't think your nose looks too good, but your face looks pretty good, so you're going to cut your nose off to spite your face. Huh? Don't do that. Don't do something just because they said you wouldn't be able to do it. Don't do something because, you know, others are saying that, you know, uh, anyway, just just don't don't do something because they dare you or because they say it can't be done. 
And so here, uh, you know, few consider the effects and the long-term consequences of our actions as long as we have short-term relief or quick satisfaction. So as the pastor of this part of the body of Christ, I want to remind us, amen, this church of the living Christ about how we are to act in this climate. And to remember, we are not our own. Amen. We cannot live how we want to live. We cannot act uh, the way we want to act. And just because our feelings uh, tell us to do something, you better make sure that your feelings and your actions line up with the Word of God. Okay. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Well, I'm an American. Well, you might be an American, but you're not a Christian. Hello? Are you going to be an American first or a Christian first? Christians make the best Americans. Americans don't always make very good Christians. Amen. And so... Uh, he goes on said, For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I want to remind us that the Lord himself said uh, this to the church and to his disciples, how we are to act and to respond. And so uh, whenever we act and respond, You need to keep that in your mind when we're viewing it according to our enemies or the opposition or those that we think don't like us. Come on. Or don't like us because of our beliefs or how we live. That's the reason I took that text. Love your enemies. Well, I love them, but I wouldn't walk across the street to shake their hands. One particular man had so much hatred in him, I heard him say this. He said, if my enemy was caught on fire, I wouldn't spit down his uh, throat to try to save him. That's hatred. That's hatred. Love your enemies. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm loving them, but I'm not going to say anything good Jesus went on and said, Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. And I'm going to say this. Don't pray like David prayed. David would pray, Wipe them out, Lord. Take away. No! You don't want that. You're praying for God to change them. To save them. To make them a new creature to live according to the word of God. And so I know that sometimes when I preach this, and I preached it a fair few times uh, from this pulpit, there are some who cringe at what I say. But these are some of the founding, basic, uh, bedrock doctrines of Christianity. This is what uh, differentiates a Christian 
from a Muslim, uh, differentiates from uh, a Christian, from a Buddhist, or any of those other religions that are out there. This is what does it. Paul said in Galatians 5 and 14, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Yeah. Well, Brother Jeff, I love my neighbor. Well, live long enough and you'll have a neighbor that you might not like. Come on. You might have a neighbor that's out there screaming one day in your yard, I'm going to kill this dog. Come on. Well, I don't have a dog. Well, maybe you have a cat. Come on. Whatever. Jesus said in Mark 12 and 31, and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Then listen to what he said. There is none other commandment greater than these. No greater commandment than to love our neighbor as thyself. Well, Brother Jeff, again, I love my neighbor. Jesus established that all mankind is our neighbor. Everyone, those that live near us and those that live far from us, those that live across the sea and those that live down the street, all are our neighbors. Over in Matthew 22 and 39, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Well, Brother Jeff, what was the other one? He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy soul and with all thy heart and with all thy might. These two. These two. You may not know all the rest of the Scriptures, but if you know these two, you'll go a long ways. Amen. And fulfilling much of the Word of God. Amen. And so it is important and extremely important for us to get this concept when our country is so divided. Why are they divided? Hatred. The lack of love. The, the, uh, you know... Not loving one another. We've got to love one another. If you're a Republican, you've got to love a Democrat. Now, Brother Jeff, that's getting too close. If you're a Democrat, you've got to love a Republican. Come on. If you're an American, you've got to love the North Korean. You've got to love the Muslim. Hello, I'm preaching to you. Amen. Oh, I'm going to tell you something. We must love our neighbor as ourselves, And we must love our enemies. This is the commandment of Jesus Christ. Well, Brother Jeff, I just can't can't do that. Then you need to get right. You need to get right. How are we to react to the enemies and the naysayers who are our enemies. You know, if you live long enough, you're going to have an enemy. I was naive enough for many years to think everybody liked me. Hello. And then whenever I start realizing, they said that about me? Why would they say that about me? So how are we to react to our enemies and the naysayers? Romans 12 and 14 reaffirms what Jesus said. We are to bless and curse not. 
Amen. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. My old pastor had gotten himself in, in a fix down in um, Colombia or South America somewhere or another. A witch doctor had come up to him and, and he blessed her. And uh, so he preached that for a long time. And so it became almost an unspoken doctrine and a teaching in the church that you were not to bless your enemies. Well, what he messed up on was not quite that way. Okay? He, he said he felt like the way he said it, he was blessing her work and what she was doing. Yeah. Never bless an evil deed. No. Never give the condolence to an evil deed. But you can tell somebody, you know, the Lord bless you with health. The Lord bless you with the knowledge of Him. Come on. We're to bless and curse not. We're not to say, oh, I hope God destroys you and puts you under the ground and wipes you up. No, we are not to curse. We are to bless and curse not. Romans 12 and 14. Not only that, we're to do good to our enemies. Huh? Did you know that from... And I, I don't know all the religions of the world, but the few that I've studied, uh, the Jewish, the Hindu, the Muslim, and all, all of them give an allowance for you to do evil to the unbelievers and the, uh, the enemies. In Luke 6 and 27, it says, But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies. Okay. Then he goes on and he says, do good to them which hate you. What? I mean, it's one thing I'm not hating on them, but I got to do good to them. We're to do good to our enemies. Amen. We're to bless them that curse you and pray for them that despitefully use you. And so this again are the words of Jesus Christ. Don't back up on me now. Come on. We're to do good to our enemies. Amen. In uh, Luke 6 and 28, the next verse down, Jesus goes on. He says we're to pray for them. 6 and 28 of Luke says, Bless them that curse you. Pray for them which despitefully use you. You ever been used before? Wow. Boy, it gets... Brother Jackie, it's rough sometimes. When you're trying to help somebody and they use you. They're abusing you. They're taking advantage of your goodwill. They're taking advantage of the things that you're trying to do good by them. We had a man that... uh, he had two children that were uh, had severe birth defects, and we really felt sorry for this family. And, and so we were, within the middle of the night, there were times they'd say, we're out of baby milk, you know. And so we would get up. We, we, thankfully, at that time, we also lived in Brooklyn. We would get up in the middle of the night and go to the store and pick up uh, some milk for them and take it by their house for them. And they were always seemingly needing more food. 
So we would take them canned goods and different things over to them. And one day, they were needing some food, and I took it by to them, and I knocked on the door, and, and they weren't there. But the door opened up. So I thought, well, i, I got to go somewhere else. I'll just go on inside and set it down. So I set it down on the table, and when I looked up, had a little two doors of a cupboard, okay? And this particular time, the two doors was open. And I could see that that cupboard was pretty deep. It was a walk-in closet. And there was literally a pile of canned food on there. They didn't need no food. Huh? Well, Brother Jeff, what did you do? Well, I can tell you, we continue to try to help them. We did end up giving them some more diapers and all that. But when they call and ask for food, say, well, last time I was over at your house, it looked like you had plenty of food. Come on. But you know what? We didn't turn them over to the law. We didn't, uh, we didn't curse them. We didn't forbid them from coming to church. We still picked them up several times after that from church until another church down the road got to giving them more than what we were giving them. Hello? And probably 10 years later, the man comes walking back in. And I thought I recognized him, but it had been a little while. He had meat on his bones, apparently clean from drugs. And, uh, and so he came in, and, and at the end of the service, he said, Can I say something? I said, I sure would. And he, sat in a, he stood and apologized to each one of us for taking advantage of us. And told us that he appreciated the love of God that we showed to him. Amen. We're to love and curse not. We're to do good to them that despitefully use us. Amen. Oh, is it against my, the grain of this person? Yes. Is it against what I want to do? Yes. Whenever I hear of wickedness and of things that are done, oh, something will rise up in me, but I'm going to tell you what I have to do. And what you're going to have to do, you're going to have to stomp that thing back down because it's not right before God. In Romans 12 and 20, it goes on. I'm telling you things that we're, how are we to act to our enemies? It says, therefore, if thine enemy hunger, starve them out. No, the Bible says feed them. And if he thirst, give him drink. Amen. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. But you know what? Even if it doesn't seem like it affects him at all, we are still supposed to do it. And the next verse says, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Hey, hallelujah. We must overcome evil with good. The only way that we can overcome this wicked world is by the love of God and by overcoming the evil with good. Evil never puts down evil. 1 Corinthians 4 and 12. And labor, working with thine own hands. And then he says, being reviled. You ever had somebody say, you know, oh, a bunch of holiness people. 
bunch of kooks, huh? Bunch of strange people. Huh? You ever had some of that? I've had some. I've had some pretty close in my family. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted. What are you supposed to do if you're being persecuted? Huh? Well, get out of the way. Leave Dodge. Do whatever. Says, being persecuted, we suffer it. Have you ever suffered for Christ? Have you ever been willing to say, not my will, Lord, but thy will be done? You know who said that, don't you? Jesus said that in the garden before his crucifixion. And if he said it, shouldn't we say it? Not my will, but your will be done, oh God. And so, if we're being suffered... Uh, being reviled, we're to bless. If we're being persecuted, we're to suffer it. Being defamed, amen? Talking bad about us, amen? I'm going to tell you what, if you serve God and try to do the work of God, you're going to have people defame you. What's defamed? It's the opposite of being famed. Okay, it's somebody who's famed is popular. Somebody who people look up to being defamed is somebody saying all kind of bad things and pulling people down. Amen. Being defamed, we entreat. You know what that means? I love my father-in-law. I appreciate him. Instead of, uh, you know, not saying he has, he had not defame us, we're to pull him in closer. Yeah. We're to entreat him. Yeah. We're to entreat yeah. our enemies. Amen. Draw them in closer. Closer. Amen. And so uh, he goes on. We are made as filth of the world and are the offscouring of all things unto this day. And that's even unto this day. Well, now, Brother Jeff, there are a lot of Christian churches that are very popular. Really? So when you're at the beach in the summer, can you tell the difference between them and the center folks? No. Huh? When you're out on the supermarket and you see the pink hair or whatever kind of other uh, stuff, that can you tell any difference in them? No. Come on, brother. Come on. Come on. If you're standing for God and you're going to live God's way, hey, man, not the pastor's way, but God's way, you're going to be different. Amen. I want to go on a little bit more. Uh, we're not to be glad at their calamities. What's a calamity? Well, they had a heart attack. They lost all of their business. They, uh, his wife and all their children left. Or the husband and all the children left. I, you know, it's all kind of things today. You know, they lost their job and now they're out on the street. Calamities. Amen. Proverbs 17 and 4 says, A wicked doer giveth heed to false lips, and a liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. Oh, I, I think I put that in there for another message. But anyway, that's, that's a good one too. And the next verse says, Whosoever mocketh the poor. You ever made fun of the poor? It says, uh, Whosoever mocketh the poor reproacheth his maker. 
You're making a reproach against the Lord. And he that is glad at calamities shall not be unpunished. We're not to want the worst for our enemies. There are times when, uh, and and you know, some of this stuff you can't quite go. There's a whole different set of laws that God has ordained for governments to protect societies in in cases of war. But I'm telling you folks, in the day-to-day life, we are not to wish calamity upon anybody. God does bring calamity. God does bring salvation. God does help. But let Him be the one, not through us. And so, here we see how the Lord is against those that are against others. Man, y'all are quiet this morning. You know, we get wrapped up in the things going on in this world. We take sides on things that are going on in this world. And we need to get to the place where if that matter who it is does something that's not right, we'd be willing to say, that's not right. Come on. Did you know that you can critique something without being hateful? You can critique something without defaming another person? Come on. Uh, we must be careful about other uh, churches in America and the members of those churches because you have to realize they're only growing as much as their pastor has pushed them. And so we need to have mercy on those. huh? Many, many years ago uh, when I was in manufacturing, I, I had made this little gizmo here and uh it was similar to another manufacturer's. And so anyway, the other manufacturer who would be my enemy, my opposition, anyway, they came over and looked at it and they said, this is really good. This is really good. He said, but you're going to have problems with something. I said, really what? He said, this ring in here, you made it stainless steel. Well, I wanted the very best, stainless steel. He said, we found that using stainless steel will cause this other part of it to break off. You're going to have to use brass. Huh? And I walked away from there thinking, I didn't know that I didn't know that I didn't know. I was ignorant. There are times we're ignorant. And there are times when others come in amongst us and they see what we have into you you say, Brother Jeff's been preaching like that for years. They don't hear this type of uh, gospel. They don't hear these type of sermons. Amen. In many of these other churches anymore, all they're getting is a little bit of milk and a little bit of sweet bread. And so when they come in here, they're just awed at what's going on when really and truly it's not to be awed at. It's just the gospel. Yeah. But they're ignorant. <clears throat> huh? They're ignorant. And so we must have mercy upon those. And so, what is our weapon against our enemies? What is the weapon against that person that hates us? What what is that weapon 
that is uh, that we are allowed to use to overcome evil with good. Each one of y'all get a star. Love. Love is the weapon of Christ. Love is the weapon to overcome things. And so in 1 John 4 and 20, if a man say, I love God and hate his brother, again, you have to remember here, brother and neighbor is not talking about blood kin. This is talking about other people. Okay? Uh, uh, I love God and I hate his brother. He is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, How can he love God whom he hath not seen? We've got to love others. We've got to love them. There are circumstances in this life if if you're being beaten, if you're being uh, physically abused, and it's just from meanness from a spouse or something else, you have the right. Amen to put some space between y'all. Hello? If somebody in your workplace is abusing you, you have the right in America to go get another job and still fulfill these scriptures. Come on now. I'm not talking that, well, he beats me every night or, or, you know, something else, you know. No, you don't have to have that. But we are to love them. To love them. The first really time that God really dealt with me with me about this, and some of y'all probably weren't even born during that time, was when President Clinton was our president. Huh? Within just a very short period of time, I had grown to hate him. I did, Brother Jackie. I'm sorry. But God got to dealing with me. You can't even hate a lying politician. And that's no disrespect to a politician. That's just, I guess guess those are synonyms, isn't it? Politician and lying, you know? Come on. So, anyway, and I had to repent of that thing. Amen. I I repented of it and I prayed for him. And I prayed for the Lord to save his soul and have mercy upon him. And it might be just me, but I think his uh, second term was better than his first term. But it might have been just a change in me. Hello? We're not allowed to hate politicians. You're not allowed to hate. Uh, who was that guy that got assassinated by us? Uh, ben Laden. Ben Laden. You're not allowed to hate him. Hello. Everyone coming back tonight? Huh? Come on, I hope you will. Amen. Love is that weapon. Love is what we're to do. Don't call yourself a Christian and have hatred in your heart. Amen. 
And so love is the, the sign of where we are and how we are doing uh, spiritually wise. And when we begin to lose the love of God toward others, I'm telling you, we're in trouble. Love is that dipstick we can check to see how spiritual we are. How are we doing with the Lord? How is my relationship right this moment with the Lord? Amen. Is gauged by how much love you have. Amen. Over in um, Matthew, Jesus, Matthew 24 and 12, Jesus said, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Yeah. That's where America is today. Yeah. You know, one of the issues that's been always throughout my life in America, uh, in politics and all kind of other things, is doesn't matter how bad American people seem to get upset about a situation, within just a few months, it's over. Mm-hmm. And that's because of the root of where America came from. The Constitution was uh, written on the basis of Levitical law and the New Testament. Amen. That's why it talked about equality among everybody. I hope you believe in equality. Hello. There are some things, though, I'd rather have a man do than a woman. No offense. I'm sorry. Hello. Hello. But if a woman does a job of a man and does it as well, they ought to be paid the same. Forgive me. But because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. How is your love? Oh, I hate them rioters. Rioting's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. There's no place in Scripture for it. And if you're a non-Christian, the laws of the land do allow for somebody to uh, picket or or to have peaceable protest. Amen. That's according to the laws of the land. I don't want to see you out there. Okay. And so, you know, I hate all them... Can't be a Christian in heaven. That's right. Antifada. Is that the way they pronounce it? Antifada. Huh? Lord, help me to love everybody. Hello? BLM. Help me to love everybody. Help me to love even them. You just fill in the blank. Okay? Help me to love them. Help me to pray for them. Pray like this, Lord, open their eyes. Lord, help them to understand. Lord, give them wisdom from above. Lord, help them to live right and to talk right and to do right. Amen. We are to love our enemies. And so we are to love. That is our sword. That is our weapon. Amen. In 1 John 2 and 11, 
John tells us that hatred blinds us. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth because that the darkness hath blinded his eye. Wow. Have any of you ever just gone out and said, you know, I think I'm going to hate somebody today. Huh? You know, I think I'm just going to, you know, doesn't happen that way. It's generally somebody does something and you perceive it as a personal uh, slight, as a personal hurt, as a t- being a, 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 you know, against you personally, when a lot of times it's not even a personal thing. And if we're not careful, even Brother Jeff has to put down that hatred. Can I tell you how to put down that hatred? One of the first things to do is shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Doesn't matter what you think. What does God think? Huh? And if you know God's against it, sometimes you still got to shut your mouth. Because have you ever noticed the more you talk about something, the worse it gets. The bigger it gets. Amen. Ah, they said this. They didn't say half all you said. They just did that little thing. Come on. Hatred blinds us. And then John says in verse John 3 and 15, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. He that hateth somebody, uh, I'm putting it in our words so you'll understand it. He that hateth somebody is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Jerome, who was an Antonician church father, wrote a lot of things. And one of the little things he said, And hatred, moreover, disposes to murder, as desire disposes to adultery. In other words, in South Georgia term, amen, that hatred, if you had opportunity and a a way to get around it, you probably would do it. Hatred. And then it goes on. Uh, Another uh, Antonician father wrote, uh, Ambrose, he who hates murders himself in the first place, slaying himself with his own sword. When you hate, you are hurting your own self. Amen. Part of that is the unforgiveness. And I found that when we don't forgive others, it binds us and puts us in their grasp and they control us. You say, no, they don't. What happens when you see them that day out on the street? What happens whenever they make a phone call to you or they talk to one of your friends? All kind of devilish things go through your mind. And so likewise, hatred... He who hates murders himself, slaying himself with his own sword. And Gregory, he's uh, he's saying something also. He said, he who hates his brother oftentimes destroys his soul by provoking himself to anger and contention. Wow. Wow. 
Alexander said, he who hates, he says cuminates, uh, which is more, a little more than hatred, believe it or not. He who hates his brother is a murderer, and no murderer hath any part in the kingdom of God. That's what John said. And then uh, Dionysus said, there are three kinds of murderer. Listen to this. Bodily, distraction, and hatred. You say, what's that distraction part about? You don't care if they live or die. You're distracted by the needs of your enemy. You're distracted by the uh, wants and the things that your enemy says because you hate them. And so Sheila be getting us a song. 1 John 4 and 20 says, And if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, Originally, I thought that I would ask for a show of hands before I read this scripture. But if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. What, he doesn't really hate his brother? No, but you love God. Amen. We can't hate. Now, I know husbands and wives. I've been one for a long time, a husband. Okay. And I know how relationships go. And I know there are some times you can make each other so mad you think that you hate them. I want to tell you something. The emotion of love and hate are actually very close to each other. It doesn't take a lot to tip over into the other. But I want to tell you something. Hatred is contrary to being godlike. So husbands and wives, don't hate on each other. Don't say mean things to one another. Never call each other stupid or dumb or dense. Never do any of that kind of stuff. My dad used to say, and it's not in the Bible, but I think that uh, the teachings are kind of in the Bible. If you can't say anything good, then don't say anything at all. Amen. Amen. I... I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that hateth it not, I'm sorry, for he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Amen. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Yeah. Notice this, he's changed it. Not only are you not allowed to hate your brother, but you are to love him. You're not allowed to not love him. You're not allowed to be in that gray space of, I don't care. We've got to love. In my years of trying to serve the Lord, this message right here has been the one that's challenged me the hardest. I have a good wife. I don't have a problem with um, not, you know, I'm happy at home is what I'm saying. I'm not looking out there for adultery. Not interested in fornication. I'm not going to go out and murder. I'm not going to go out and steal. 
So many of those things are just like so easy. I'm not going to falsely accuse somebody. My, my wife came, had a saying many years ago. She told some of the people at the bus garage when she was working down there, she said, she said I'm not going to go to hell for lying. I love that. I'm not going to lie. It's not worth it. But to love, I love y'all most of the time. When you're doing good, I love you all the time. But it's so easy to love those who love us. But for us to love our enemies. You ever had someone talk bad about you? You ever had somebody lie about you? I can't hardly stand it, Brother Jackie. But we got to love them. We got to love them. You know what's going to change America? Only the love of God. And we got to start here first. We've got to start showing the love toward others. I, I'm sorry. I cover my eyes in shame, but there, not all of the holiness churches that I know of are preaching what I'm preaching to you. They're preaching strife and division. They're not preaching to love our enemies. They're not. I'm preaching the truth to you folks. You better love your enemies. You gotta love them. Someone called me up and said, uh, well, I guess you're real happy at the news. Y'all probably know what news I'm talking about. About our president. I had already been praying for him. I told this person, I said, I wouldn't want my worst enemy to have the COVID-19. I'm praying for the Lord to heal him. And give him a quick recovery. And to talk to him. But I've been praying for the Lord to talk to him for a while. God's able. God's able. We've got to love one another. Amen. Let's stand all across the house. I'm going to uh, ask you to come to this altar, but I want you to be honest with yourself. Are you a lover? of God and of others or do you have hatred in your heart? If you don't want to be in the same room with somebody, that's a sign of hatred. It's important for us to love our enemies. Amen. So come, let's ask the Lord to help us be truthful with ourselves and be truthful with others. Come, let's pray.
so easy in reality. Amen. Well, I hope something's been said here this morning. Y'all been awful quiet on this. I, I, so. I, I just want to thank you for the message that you give this morning. I mean, even in our everyday life, I mean, sometimes we come across challenges where it is hard to love those who do us wrong. Yes. I have challenges like that at work where people make comments and do things like this hatred and you, you you find bitterness in your heart towards those people. And so many times you realize, hold on, Jesus, he gave his life for my sake. That's right. He's sitting there hung upon the cross for me. That's right. 
If he can love me, why can't I love them? That's right. And, and I put that in my own mind. I'm like, well, the Lord, help me to love them. Right. Even as you love me through my time. That's right. That's right. That's a good point. Very good point. While he was on the cross dying, very people he came to save, Pharisees, the Sadducees, the other sinners, they mocked him. They spit at him. Come on. Spit at him. And he looked at him and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Help me to love. Help us to love like Christ. And we tell you something, you might be struggling with this. The only way you can love and to love like Christ is to have Christ in your heart. Amen. That's the only way. That's the only way. Uh, don't forget, we've been missing a few, so please uh, reach out to them. Um, I know Peggy hasn't been feeling well, and uh, Harper, so please remember them in prayer. And so uh, let's, let's be asked. Huh? So there's all kinds of stuff going around. And uh, yes, please be careful. Keep your distance. Do your handshake. Wash your hands frequently. All right. Lord bless you.